Welcome to the MuseCast, where we squeeze every last drop of inspiration out of Sunday's sermon. Happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to the MuseCast. Look at that guy. That's Dan Kent. (laughs) That, oh, Dan, that should be like, you know, our little signature MuseCast. Are we going to have our own dance? Is that what you're saying? The Muse, the MuseCast dance? Yeah. The MuseCast jam. Just like a little MuseCast jig. (laughs) To be named later. But yes, we're going to copyright. We're going to earmark a special little uh, ditty for you all. I'm Shauna Boren. We're glad to be here, you guys. Um, Mm -hmm. I was just eating, Dan, some really good, yummy grapes. Do you like grapes? I love grapes. Although sometimes uh, you get you end up with like some sour grapes. But if if the grapes are are not sour, I don't even, they don't even have to be sweet yeah. as long as they're not sour. Not Man, sour, I I could eat yeah. grapes all day. I love them. I just love them. And I was just we we have a good batch right now, and I was just going to town. But yeah, you're right. If you just get one sour grape, maybe that's where yeah. that term comes from. If you get one sour grape, it's just like. It's really jarring to the system. So I'm a big Here's, grape fan. Do you want to know a grape secret? I do. If you have a batch where there are a couple sour grapes in there, one thing that you can do to sort of uh, cut that sourness is you can take like a handful of goji berries, just like, you know, six or seven goji berries with the grapes. And that sort of uh, neutralizes the sourness a little bit. Mm. I feel like there's a life metaphor, Dan, that we're starting to develop here. <laughs> um, and I'm going to keep noodling that. So goji berries will help neutralize the sour grapes. I like that. But like, I think I think there's a deeper meaning there. <laughs> we'll have yeah. to figure out a little later. <laughs> hey, can, can I confess mm. one more thing before we get started? I would love for you to. I have a new office chair and I put like a new kind of floor down. Like it's not a floor. It's like a floating floor. It's just basically I bought these floorboards so that I can wheel around without mm-hmm. wrecking my floor. But the, the mm-hmm. chair kind of does this. <laughs> so Dan immediately just right. floats off so the screen. <laughs> I got to keep pushing myself back onto the screen. And look, here I go again. And it's just... <laughs> It's so annoying. Is there a lean in your floor? There must be. There must there be. Must so be. I, I'm really not as restless as I look is what I want to okay. say. <laughs> well, this is what I want to say to you. A little trick. This could be a good opportunity for you to work on your core ab strength. Right. Like just hang on to your desk and like just engage your core and just try to stay still. Here I we like go. it. We're, we're helping you with all the things on the MuseCast. All right. So... Um, we are still in the series um, uh, within the Sermon on the Mount, but this weekend we had Cedric Baker speak to us and he did what we call a one-off, meaning it's not directly um, a part of a series, but it could tie into the series. Is that Am I yeah. describing that well or just confusing yep. everyone, Dan? Um, anyway, so Cedric did a one-off yep. and talked about our civic responsibility and so, Dan, I'm really anxious to hear your sermary from yeah. Mr. Cedric's sermon. Um, and you cannot talk about how buttery smooth his voice is because we all know that. <laughs> and we can't talk about how best dressed he is because we all know that. So yeah. we're going to get to the heart and the meat of his message with yeah. your sermary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah. So, Cedric, uh, it was a one off. It, it, it sort of interrupted the cross-examination um, uh, kind of series, but really, like he said, it 
it does sort of fit in because I think that, you know, he talked about civic engagement and really, I think a lot of people when they're judgmental, uh, what they think they're doing is they think they're doing civil engagement, but civil engagement is something that goes far beyond judgment. And um, it's, it's much deeper and more profound than that. And so in that sense, I definitely see how it's, it's related, but what he talked about is he talked about, uh, he, he, first of all, he talked about what civic engagement is. um, And he talked about the kingdom of God and he talked about uh, kind of like our call to be uh, engaged in our communities and um, he looked at like social capital theory. The guy's in graduate school. I think he's working on his PhD. So he was throwing around some terms. So that, yeah. that, was, that was pretty fun. But he, he was talking about social capital theory and just this the, the idea that, uh, you know, that you can invest in your community in a lot of different ways and that you'll, you can get a lot of times a tenfold return on that investment. So our goal when we do civic engagement is to invest ourselves in something in our community that gets a good return in the quality of the community. And, uh, and so um, he acknowledges that civic engagement, it can involve like political issues like gun control, abortion, uh, you know, uh, vaccines, stuff like that. But it, it goes way beyond those political issues to, you know, just helping your neighbor with, you know, the, building their deck or maybe helping somebody mow their lawn or helping somebody get groceries who is between jobs or something like that. There's just an infinite amount of, of potential avenues to do this civic engagement uh, and not just these political things. Unfortunately, most people only look at civic engagement through the lens of uh, these big political issues. And that's, that's uh, I think, is too bad. Ultimately, what, what, um, what Cedric is showing us is that I think in the world, we, when we think of civic engagement, so often we think of uh, kind of pushing forward an agenda, uh, you know, in the community, kind of helping. It's almost like city planning. It's like uh, nation planning. Like this is what I think would make America great if we did this, and 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 if this law was passed, and if we all agreed with this statement, and. Um, and a lot of times the narrative or the agenda that that we do civic engagement through comes from one of two kind of political parties, typically. Um, but what Cedric is, is saying here is that as Christians, our agenda uh, comes from Jesus. And, and in the teaching of Jesus, you know, we see this is what we're called to do. We're called to love our neighbors. We're called to uh, share the good news with them, which is that God loves them with an unsurpassable love and that God has great plans for them. And God seeks to build people up. God seeks to liberate the oppressed. God seeks to overthrow oppressors, things like that. And, uh, and that's a different agenda. It may involve legislation. It may involve political action, but it's so much bigger than all of that stuff. And, uh, and a lot of times what can happen, and, and I love how Cedric said it, don't get trapped in political debates because Sometimes political stuff can be important, but so often you just get stuck there like a fly on the little fly paper, you know, and you went there with good intentions and you just never left and you never actually did anything good in the community because you sat there bickering about some issue that really didn't ultimately matter. Um, 
and then finally, Cedric kind of uh, uh, summarizes kind of how he sees uh, Christ's agenda through us in the world as we um, engage, you know, as we do civic engagement. Uh, and he has this kind of three part sort of thing. The first thing is, is that uh, we must be motivated by love. That's that's God's cause that we have to be motivated by love in everything that you do. That's our why. Our why. Now in the world, our why is usually something like trying to create the ideal environment or try to create the most liberty or the uh, the most personal rights or whatever. But in in in, in the kingdom of God, our call is to um, uh, love. Um, number two, we are called to be the light of the world. Uh, we are not called to be the light of a political party. We're not called to be the light of a position on a debate. We are called to be the light of the world. We are called to shine uh, so that travelers, people who are trying to seek truth will see our light and will ultimately find Jesus in that light. And then uh, number three, he says that we should be showing up in our community, those around us in personal relationships, not on social media, or at least not only on social media, but like more so in the the face-to-face people that we encounter, uh, we should be uh, engaging there. Uh, and then he just had a couple other kind of nuggets where he talked about, you know, not demonizing people who disagree with you. Um and and, on the, and he says this. This is I, it's just not our job uh, to to be responsible for legislation uh, for the kingdom of God. It's it, that's just not our job. Uh, we we can be a part of that, but it's just not our primary job. And I, I think those were all really helpful reminders. Um, I think that's. Uh, Oh, and the, the other, the final thing I'll say that he said that I just, I loved is that he just pointed out that, you know, the, the news that came down from the court is, is celebrated by some and lamented by others. And, um, and in, in the minds of people in the world, for some people, the whole world has changed. Like their whole world, the, the way they view their country, the way they view their peers, the way they view their government is totally different now. And what Cedric said is that that may seem that way. But for Christians, our agenda has not changed. Our call remains the same, regardless of what the Supreme Court uh, decided. And I, th- I think that's just a really great reminder. Uh, what did you think of the sermon, Shana? Yeah, I thought it was really good. I, I Because here's the thing. I, I think we always could use the reminder, especially in such a polarized time in which we live, here in America, but I'm sure in many other places as well, but let's just stick to where we are, our home. Um, We live in such a polarized world. It can get, it can feel overwhelming. And especially when big sweeping decisions come down, like they did this last week and the Roe v. Overturning Roe v. Wade wasn't the only one. There were other things that came down and have continued to come down that are very polarizing. and, And it kind of can seem to pit people against one another. And my first thought when Cedric was talking, I was just like, man, it can feel so overwhelming. And so I do like that we, that he was encouraging us to hone in on where we are, like our literal neighborhoods. Honestly, guys, if you want to boil it down to the Cliff Notes version, it's about loving your neighbor, being a good neighbor, like in your community. So I I really, and, and, and he went more in depth than that, but Honestly, if we are looking at these big issues all the time, we can get paralyzed. And there are times, man, honestly, confession for me, 
I think I'm just going to move to an island somewhere yeah. and make TikTok videos. I'm just gonna, <laughs> <laughs> no one will necessarily watch them or see them, right. but I'm just going to like totally just check out and just go live a different life somewhere because this is just all so messy. So Cedric's message was a good reminder, like, hey, as kingdom people, we have this unique space that we occupy and uh, we can do a lot of good by being the light that we're called to be and by loving others and showing people it doesn't have to be either or. It doesn't have to be us against them. It doesn't have to be such... um, like it doesn't have to be such polarization in our relationships as we engage with one another. So um, I really did appreciate that. But it mm. leads me to your last point and what we're saying right now leads me to this big question that we have gotten, we will continue to get because at Woodland Hills, we really strive to, to not hide away from the debates and the polarization, but to acknowledge it, but to say there's a different way. There's a third way in which Jesus is calling us to live and be. And for some people, they see that as taking an easy way out in both sides, right? Like not really taking a stand, but kind of hovering around and both sizing. So I lovingly am going to just say, Dan, yeah. talk about that, please. Yeah. Solve well, there, it, please. Yeah, I don't know if I could solve it, but there's certainly a lot to say about that. The first thing I would say is that uh, there is a movement right now where where people are just kind of shaming uh, this behavior of both sides, and where you say, you know, I could see it both ways, and and I'm I think both sides are right, and 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 there is sort of a. a a potential it's potentially lazy to just do that so you don't have to actually get your your hands dirty um but at the same time uh i, I think that um a lot of times um it, it's just not obvious what the solution is and and sometimes the responsible thing to do is to say i'm just i'm undecided because i think there's good arguments on both sides and i haven't I haven't been swayed yet. And there's nothing wrong with that. You don't have to have a conclusion. You don't have to be convinced by an argument. Um, the other thing that I would say about the the push against both sides in is that even though it's potential that both sides in can be a kind of a lazy way of, of uh, kind of, you know, dealing with a, a conflict, uh, you know, forcing people to take a side, it can be just as, uh, I think, manipulative. Um, you know, and what I see coming from the people who are really anti both sides in is sort of this divide and conquer mentality where, you know, when they say, you know, you need to take a side, they, they don't mean that you need to take a side. What they really mean is you need to take my side. That's what they really mean. And, and, and so there's something very insincere about all of that. And so mm-hmm. for me, you know, our goal is to is to try to find the, you know, to follow Jesus in his uh, kind of modeling and modeling a third way. And we're far from perfect at that. And we're, it's something that we're striving for. But I got to tell you, uh, you know, <laughs> what I really appreciated this weekend is so often I hear people um say that Woodland Hills is a progressive church. And and I don't know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but people say it's a progressive church. Oh, they're they're just progressive. And and I hear that so much. And it's like, no, I know like there are people in our leadership team who are not progressive. And uh and so to 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 hear Cedric kind of say where he leans on this issue is just such a great uh model that 
look, we have people on both sides of this. And yet he's modeling how to lovingly hold his perspective and yet still be open-minded to the other side. Uh, and, and so I, I just think that, you know, it's, first of all, what Cedric is demonstrating is not both sides in, but it's right. also not this divide and conquer sort of mentality yeah. either. It's, it's this uh, kind of, there's this spirit and this motivation to stay unified, to stay together as together we wrestle through this. And that's mm -hmm. always been uh, the call of the apostles. That's, you know, and I've been on this kick reading the early church fathers, like um, the apostolic fathers. So like, we're talking like way back, like Polycarp and Clement, and we're talking like the year 70 and, you know, the year 90 and 105 and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and what the one common denominator in all of these early church fathers is that they are obsessed with people not splitting, with staying unified in these debates. And uh, unfortunately, <laughs> the church has uh, failed at that miserably. And so it's just for me. I am so grateful to Cedric for modeling what it looks like to have a, uh, a position and yet still also maintain that spirit of unity. Yeah. I think that's all I have to say on that, but. <laughs> yeah. I think the thing that I would add to that is um, what we are attempting to do as kingdom people. Uh, and I, by we, I mean those of us at Woodland Hills and I can't speak for the entire congregation, but let's just say the leaders within Woodland Hills what we are trying to do and we were trying to model and what we are trying to encourage everyone that is a part of our body to do as we learn it together is not both sizing actually it's, it's not it's actually doing like what you've just talked about that you saw cedric doing it is um maybe recognizing different perspectives on, on something and, and they could be gravely different, but still moving forward together yeah. um, in love and trying to still be about God's work. Yeah. Um, it's that, and to me, that's different than both sizing and, and that, and I will be honestly say, cause I've been a part of Woodland officially for um, I think like 16 years. Wow. Um, and yeah, and a lot, uh, I was, I had deconstructed and reconstructed a lot of uh, my faith and my beliefs um, in that time, or, or really in the time leading up to being a part of Woodland. And one of the things that I initially didn't understand was this third way kingdom approach. Like I was like, oh, so we're just not going to take a stand on anything. Like, we're just going to both right. sides everything. <laughs> Because I didn't know I hadn't I hadn't seen another option, but there is another option, and that is to say that I don't have to agree with you on anything to recognize that you are loved of God, that you have worth, and that my job is to shine a light on that. That mm -hmm. you are loved of God and you have worth. We don't have to agree on anything to do that. And I think so many times people just want to demonize one another. Because you're passionate, because maybe you're scared, maybe, I mean, there could be a million reasons why, mm. but we don't have to demonize one another. We just yeah. don't. And that's not what we're called to do. And I think that is not both sides. Thing. That is actually trying to do something differently. And that's why we call it this third way approach to stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's good. That's well said. There's there's fear, there's passion, there's all those things that compel us to demonize. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like what you said. Um, first of all, are, have you been on staff for 16 years? I was on staff for six and then, um, and now uh, four. So on staff for 10 years. 
Okay. So yeah, you have a lot more seniority over me. That's right. <laughs> although, <laughs> although I have been part of Woodland Hills for longer in an unpaid capacity. So uh, in the spirit, uh, in the kingdom of God, I have more seniority. So there you go. Okay. <laughs> Hierarchy, Dan. We will not let that stand. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I don't remember exactly what we were talking about, but uh, uh, it, I, <laughs> uh, what were we talking about? Darn it. I had said some really clever things. You did. You did. <laughs> uh, not demonizing. No, Third way is not oh, the same as both sides. Yeah. Being, yeah. That's what I was going to okay. say. Thank you. That Thanks. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's this chair that keeps drifting. That's yeah. the problem. Yes. <laughs> no, what I was going to say is that, you know, the fact is, is that, you know, as, as, as much as there are these two passionate sides on abortion and two passionate sides on guns and so forth, so far and so forth. Um, in the kingdom of God, there's just one side. There is the body of Christ. And uh, and so whatever differences people have within that, uh, God ultimately calls us first to unity and to see each other as brothers and sisters, not as opponents on some issue. And so uh, that means that we have to tolerate. Uh, and, and what that means is, and by definition, tolerate means that you disagree, means that it's not easy, means that you have to work at it, means that it's it can be annoying. That's what tolerance is. It's it's to tolerate something that you don't like, but that's what we're called to do. And, and so we have to stay together. And so often, uh, you know, we get into this divide and conquer mindset. And I just, I think that that is poison in, in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Amen to that, Dan. If I do this, do you know what that means? Is it? It's not nugget time already, is it? No way. It's nugget time. I mean, mean, do you want to chat some more? You want to go a little deeper? I really think, though, I think it's nugget time. Okay. Do you want to go first or should I? However, however, this is not, I don't rule the land of newscasts. So (laughs) if you have some more things you'd like to share and impact, we can do that too. No, I think, I think I'm, I'm ready for nugget time. So you want me to uh, yeah. go first? What would you like, Dan? I'll go first. Would this is like, my nugget. Okay, perfect. It's okay. it's a quick one. I hope you've got one because I'm not going to give you much time here because mine's going to be pretty quick. <laughs> okay, I got so it. So if you were using my nugget time to come up with your own, that's that's not going to work very well. So, <laughs> all right. So here's my nugget. Slide away. <laughs> here's my nugget. Uh, Cedric told us to be the light of the world. Here's what I'd say about that. The light of the world does not have to tell the darkness that it's darkness. You can just shine to be the light of the world. You don't have to make it a mission to show everybody your darkness, your evil, your wrong. You can just show shine God's love. You can just shine God's goodness. That's all that we are called to do. We don't have to judge. We can just be godliness uh, to the best of our mm-hmm. ability. That's that's my nugget. I like it, Dan. My nugget tags onto your nugget. And that is just the reminder about showing up as who you are, which is a beloved child of God in whatever context you find yourself in. You don't have to go far to be a light. You don't have to go far to love on others. All you have to do many times is just step out your front door or take a walk down the block or just pay attention uh, when you're at the grocery store or, you know, wherever you find yourself. It doesn't, it, it doesn't have to be these huge monumental things. Civic engagement, like we've said, is really just about being uh, purposeful and intentional about loving on others and just showing up in ways 
that makes the place better. And you don't have to figure out, oh, God, what do I need to do? Just being who you are, who God has called you to be is enough. Like Dan said, you don't have to worry with like naming all the darkness, your light shining. Guess what? Dispels that darkness. That's what light does. So be confident and just show up. Ask the Lord to give you eyes to see what he sees and allow the spirit to speak to you as to how you can just be that loving, light-filled, kingdom neighbor to those around you. That's good stuff. That's that. All right. Dan, coming up this Sunday, is it you? Uh, I'm not at liberty to say who it is this weekend. So. <laughs> Stay tuned to see who it is. That's right. I shouldn't be saying that. I'm just going to say whomever is on that stage is going to bless us. And we're going to continue to learn to love together. And then we're going to circle back on Tuesday and have that discussion. So you can catch us right here. You can send in questions at uh, (laughs) the email address that I always get wrong. uh, (laughs) That will be (laughs) at the bottom of your screen. Or you can check us out on podcast, but don't miss it. And have a great week, you guys. Thank you so much for being involved with us here. We really appreciate it. Yep. All right. Bye, guys.